Well, hello there, legends. Welcome to episode four of the third season of FPL Faceoff. It is a podcast where uh, more established managers, perhaps, uh, take on the casual player. And uh, you are joined by myself, Fitz, and Mr. Jim Timms. How are you, Jim? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Fitz. How are you doing, mate? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Um, a, a slightly challenging FPL week. Um, lots for us to discuss, which, of course, we will jump into now. Um, just before we jump in, it's not too late, you know. It is not too late to join our FPL Faceoff League. Uh, the code is G7EA6J. That's G7EA6J. Just going to have a little look and see if it will tell me how many people are in. Uh, I'm in the first page, so that's good. There are three pages, possibly more. Four pages. OMG, right. Um, so we are at 197 people in that league. Uh, so that is... Great, great stuff. Uh, remind me later, if you can, to have a little look at who is currently propping up the table. Um, they are, it's an interesting team. Uh, so we'll, we'll come back to that later on. But um, let's let's jump straight in, my friend. How how was your game week? Yeah, not bad. I had such a stinker game week too. Um, it feels <laughs> good to have, well, slightly bounced back game week three. Game week two was a complete disaster. So um, just just on that, I'm very sorry to interrupt. I feel I feel like it's very important for us to to mention because uh, it was my fault that we were unable to record last week. It is a pure coincidence that both you and I had a stinker, and Glenn and Craig did not. Uh, but I'm <laughs> I'm staying at my mum's at the moment, and genuinely we had no internet for like four days, so it was like living in the Stone Ages. But uh, it was a purely a coincidence uh, that, that that we were unable to record after a shocking week. Yeah, I wasn't massively upset about that, given that I got, <laughs> I think it was something like 37 points, pretty awful. And uh, yeah, this week, I've not done too bad. I got 60 points. I It could have been better. I could have made it. There were a couple of 50-50 decisions in that, but I, it was all green arrows for me because I did so badly in game week two. So I, I'm pretty pleased with that. And I, I got a few um, a few returns uh, in my squad. So yeah, yeah. Happy overall, mate. Happy overall. What about you? Good. Um, yeah, not not quite as as good as yourself, but not not too bad. Uh, I made a couple of transfers. I took out uh, Gabrielle, and uh, I will. Uh, sorry, I'll talk about it now. All week I was thinking Udogi. I'm going to go for Udogi, save him some money, and you know he's more attacking. Blah blah blah. And then I bottled it, and I went for Guardiola, thinking. There's no way Man City will concede against Sheffield United, and uh, of course, of course they did. Uh, so yeah, that was a, a ten-point swing that would have been been very nice. But I ended on fifty-four. Uh, I did make two transfers. Um, I took out Ollie Watkins and put in uh, Jackson for Chelsea, and uh, as I say, took out Gabriel for Guardiola, which was a little bit frustrating, but. I just think, you know, surely City they they did look so good in those first two games. So. Yeah, one of those, but never mind. Who who was your standout performer? Because 60 points is, is great. Well, I had two, really. Uh, Diaby and Bruno Fernandes both got 12 for me, so that was big. Um, I will say, just as you mentioned your transfers, I did three transfers. Ooh, uh, I have two in the two in the bank, and I did... My, my rule this season is that I'm going to allow myself the third if I really 
want slash need it. <laughs> uh, I didn't need it, but I wanted it. Is well, I, I had a couple of fires to put out. Gabrielle was one of them. Uh, Rich Arlison was the other one. Oh yeah, and I was goaded by our rival Pod Squad uh, over having Rich Arlison. I have to say, and he just didn't return again. And I, I just thought it, it wasn't sitting right, so uh, so I shipped him out. Um, and then Jao Pedro was my knee jerk. Um, because I think he's going to give returns. He will get minutes eventually, but mm. I just was like, I, I suddenly was just, I kind of panicked and was just like, no, I don't want him in there. So I brought in the Brentford boys, uh, Wemo and uh, Vissa, and uh, I, I brought in a Kanji. Now oh, I had said to myself to bring in Gavardio, mm. but I brought in a Kanji because I like, I like him. I really like the way he plays. But again, he didn't play, so didn't you know, even travel is, apparently he had illness. No, so I, I think there's flu or something going around because um, Phil Foden was was not well and all of this sort of mm. going on. But again, it's like it's it's a painful reminder of what Manchester City owning Manchester City assets can bring. And I honestly, yeah. I think at some point in the future, I might just end up with Haaland and that's it. And because Champions League will happen after, I think it's after game week five it starts. Yeah. starts up but uh, you know it, it's just such a risk and even even seeing those managers who had Foden or Grealish or whatever they those boys you think they're going to be nailed but they're not so uh, yeah well, Fo- I, I Foden, that's another issue Foden was ridiculous in game week two against Newcastle like ridiculous yeah. I watched the game with my brother yeah. who's a Newcastle fan and and he just absolutely bossed it and and so you think of course he'll be um in this instance it seemed like he was he was ill but you've got to think they've just signed yeah. um Doku they've got they've got a few options there it's not it's not an easy one, um, but yeah. Uh, so, little shout out to Lewis Bastian, who is a friend of ours, who may or may not be listening to the pod, but he put in gusto. Uh, and so, of course, on Friday night when yep. Chelsea smashed Luton and he got two assists, he was absolutely loving life, and and he's doing frustratingly very very well. But um, that is the nature of the beast, isn't it? With FPL, you know, it's those it's those fifty fifty calls that you know, you might be on the right side of it and, and you might not. So I still think Akanji's a good shout. He's someone to, to he's, a, he's a solid pick. Um, it's just frustrating if, as I say, if, if he goes two or three games without playing, then you've got five. Is, it, is he five million, Akanji? Must be there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, 5.1. So, and, and I paid the extra 0.1. I mean, I had it in the back, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, he, I think he is a good pick. But it's just, it's that sort of element of doubt. And now it's sort of, it's in my mind that, well, will he play? Won't he play? But I, th- I think yeah. he will. I just yeah. think that down the line, I'll, I'll probably have to deal with that at some point. But that's okay. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted originally to call this pod uh, Pep Roulette because every every week it is a super frustrating kind of um, uh, effort, if you like, to try and kind of, work out who's going to pick but you mentioned it there it, it might well be that actually the safest way is to just go Haaland and obviously if if Haaland's uh, out then then we're all screwed aren't we because obviously the world and his wife has has got him as it stands but uh, but yeah never mind well that's that's a decent week mate that's that's good did you manage to kind of catch any of the football is there anyone who you like the look of on the old eye test I I caught match of the day um I looked. I think for me, I have to give a mention to Saka. Um, 
Arsenal. He's just incredible, honestly. Everything's going through him and yeah. he's really delivering the goods. Um, like we all sort of knew he would, but but I think I think he was great. I also would say uh, Diaby at Villa. He, I, I picked him from the start of the season, and I'm really, really pleased. I yeah. like he is incredible, and I, I was tempted for Watkins at one point, but actually, I, I feel good having Diaby. I, I don't have any uh, intentions of getting Watkins as it stands. Um, he's kind of playing up there just, with Watkins, isn't he, Diaby? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're kind of a partnership almost, aren't they? So, and he's nice and cheap. He's six point five. I don't know if his price has risen uh, as of yet, but uh, it will for it's, sure. It's going too soon, isn't it? Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll see if I can have a little look for you uh, live. Um, I could if I wasn't using an iPad that is absolutely shite. Um, little shout out if I may, because I put in. Um, I, I put in Odegaard at the start of the season and when they beat Palace, I was, um, I, well, I was struggling with my internet, first of all. Uh, but then when I saw that Saka had given him the penalty, Odegaard taking that penalty literally saved my game week. But um, yeah, Diaby 6.6 now, um, which is, yeah. is not a surprise. I, I think he's a very, very good pick. Uh, yeah, good, good work with that, mate. You've got to be, got to be relatively happy. So, um, in terms of the, uh, players who kind of, um, piqued my interest, let's say, uh, I, I watched the, the Man United game, uh, live at, um, at three o'clock on the Saturday due to streaming abilities, let's say. And, um, I, like everyone else kind of who had Rashford and Fernandez, I was like, right, this is, this is their last week, but I've got to say Rashford on the left literally the difference is unreal he's just so much more kind of comfortable there he was taking players on he got a penalty which you know a non-united fan would possibly say was dubious um but he was he was there or thereabouts causing trouble he set up Ericsson from that position Uh, and Bruno Fernandes honestly I've 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 always been a big fan of him since he joined but the effort that he goes to and and the running that he puts in and and the the way he kind of led the turnaround was was really really good to see so yeah they are both firm holds for me um for yeah for fair play I, and for me bruno fernandez i i had him and a lot of people people shipped him out i think mm. I, I he was a hold 100 percent for especially against forest but yeah. also everything goes through him he you know he is like you say he's sharp he's a great player um yeah, yeah. I keep hold of him. See what mm. happens there. You know. And as for United overall, bit of a rocky start. But you know, we're early on in the season, so I think they've got plenty of plenty of time to sort of, you know, bed in a bit and then show yeah. you know show us what they can do. So we'll see. Agreed. Um, you mentioned that you'd put in was it Umbremo and Visser putting them both? Yeah, and they, they neither of them returns. Uh, well, as it as it would be. You know. So I, I must admit, I was looking at that myself, but I listened to the um, FPL Black Box podcast, um, which is is very very good, um, and. I was all set to make both of those transfers. In fact, I was going to do exactly that until I've, I've um, heard that in the last five games between Brentford and Palace, the maximum goals have been a one-all, which obviously was was what this ended up. But a lot of them have been nil-nil, and so I thought, right, okay, well, it's obviously they're they're quite tight. Um, but I do think that you know um, Brentford have got Bournemouth next, so that is a really really good kind of sign a really good team Newcastle away obviously a little bit trickier um 
but they are, you know, they are, who's after that? They've got Everton. Everton, let's have a quick chat about Everton. They have been absolutely shocking. Their games so far, obviously they've lost 1-0 to Wolves. Um, They lost 4-0 to Everton. And of course they lost in their first game as well to um, Fulham. You would think, those teams are, are teams that you should be taking points out of. And I'd be very worried if I were them. Well, this was the thing I listened to another podcast. Uh, I think it was a totally football show. Basically said, they said against Wolves that it's, uh, it's not often that you get a six pointer this early in the season. And yeah, these are the teams that you need to be taking points off and everything. In, they're in trouble. They've been treading water for quite a while now. And yeah. Really? They just look lost. I, 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 yeah, I, I think they're in trouble this season. This could be the one where they they go down. You would have I'm thought that now. Yeah, no. I, well, I, I would be inclined to agree, but you know, it's interesting. You would have thought that with Sean Dice there uh, having a preseason, they would at least be kind of well drilled. But you know, Villa. Yeah. No shame in losing to Villa four 0 particularly after they got battered by no. um, uh, by Newcastle. But yeah, you can't be losing at home to Fulham and Wolves and uh, and expect to to survive so yeah that's um uh, worrying times for for them Uh, so in terms of the the other games obviously the world and his wife captained Erling Haaland uh were you the world or his wife in that instance my friend yeah yeah of course um that's and that's the way it will stay for for a while I expect I mean you can't not even if he's not returning I think some people might not captain him yeah, uh, you know, for a game or two, but I think next, like us next in week game one. week is what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, next next game is Fulham, so yeah, captain him. You know, this is it. Office. I, yeah, I think yeah. there there are other players who are getting these big hauls, but how do you predict that? How do you predict that? Um, you know, Bruno Fernandez is going to get twelve points. Okay, yeah. you know, not anywhere beyond the realm of possibility at all. But you just don't know, and you're betting against. Harland and as we know that is a dangerous game to play so absolutely I I captained Harland for sure I I think um, it's worth just touching on effective ownership so again I'm not professing to understand exactly what effective ownership is but but basically for perhaps the more casual player um, because so many people captain Erling Haaland it means that his if you don't captain Erling Haaland and he goes off then you will absolutely plummet in terms of ranks because so many people have have got him um now the flip side to that of course is that had you captained someone else last week for example when he blanked against Newcastle then you will you will rise right up the ranks if that person does well but it is just such a risk to go without Haaland and and it's, you know, there's a debate about whether that's perhaps ruined the game. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think it has ruined the game by any stretch, but it is it is an interesting one to kind of contemplate because it's a brave person who goes against Haaland. And you and I have both been burned this season already. Yeah, and I mean, 91.3% of the game own him. So in terms of it ruining the game, we're not there yet, are we? I think like if no. if there's five players that 91% of the game own, then really this game yeah, yeah. is starting to get a bit, you know. Agreed. A bit rubbish then, isn't it? But it's only one player. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. It's it's, But yeah, it'd be mad not to have him. Absolutely yeah. mad. So I don't yeah, know what, yeah. uh, you know. 90% no doubt about of the it. Game are doing. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, right. uh, so I'm I'm part of a few kind of um, groups, uh, like fantasy football groups that I basically joined with the intention of kind of promoting this podcast, if I'm honest. Um, but there are one or two people who I've seen who are kind of doing like a no Harlan challenge and, and fair play, you know, if, 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 if you want to play the game and kind of make it a bit different, of course, that's, that's all good. But for, for those of us who want to play the game and, and do well, you've just, you literally have to have him. And, you know, it's no surprise that so, so many do. What I do think is interesting uh, or would be interesting is if Kane was still in the league, if Kane was still here, then at least you've got someone else, but, who else is there? Like who else is there? Even even Salah, you know, you can get a team with Haaland and Salah, and they are the two standout players in the game. But with Harry Kane there yeah. as well, it, it did make it interesting. But yeah, obviously he's um, he's gone and will will not be returning. Uh, much to Alan Shearer's delight, I'm sure. Yeah, no sir, no way. <laughs> um, so so let's have a little look ahead to game week four. Then, of course, we've then got the international break. Um, so we both made transfers last week. Obviously, we both made two um, plus plus one in your case. Um, do you have a plan of attack for game week four? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hold. I'm just gonna hold. I think I'm gonna keep the team the same. I'm gonna gain my extra transfer. I think for the international break. So sensible. Again, if it really comes to it after the international break, and I need uh, to really rejig the team at all, I can use the the extra take the extra hit again and yeah. use that as a sort of a, a mini wild card because at the moment I don't have any big fires to put out in my team. So. I'm relatively happy. The bench needs a bit of looking at, but in theory, I've got a a player, at least a player who's going to come off the bench and play. So I think I'm okay. I think I'll hold for now. I'll keep one eye on a Kanji just because he's he's got an amber uh, flag. Mm. Um, but again, it does say illness. So I'm, I'm hoping he'll be recovered uh, for the next game week. And yeah, there are players that I'm interested in for sure. I have a rel- quite a, a large watch list but nice. I don't feel the need to put that in. The other thing is, is I think that you're at a better tactical advantage if you've got two free transfers to use. It gives you much more flexibility. So, yeah. you know, and with, with like I say, me allowing myself um, the addition of taking a hit to that, which I, I will try not to do, but I think given my nature, I, I tend to do it. But, you know, I think it's just more you're at a better advantage. You can mm. ship out a midfielder if you want a pricier um, attacker, for example, and you've just got that flexibility. So yeah, I'm going to hold for now, I think. How about you? Well, I am, I'm sorely tempted, but uh, as a Man United fan, this week is is a tricky one because I've got Triple United versus Odegaard and Saka, which I don't particularly love, if I'm mm. honest. Um, yeah. So there is a chance, uh, while I think it's very sensible to, to go down that route, um, there is a chance that I will swap out Odegaard um, because I'm... I'm not going to. I'm not going to swap out a Man United player at this stage. Uh, they've got Arsenal, then they've got Brighton, tough. But then they've got Burnley, Palace, Brentford, Sheffield United. So they, they've got a nice run. Um, 
Arsenal have got a, a good run as well, but I think I was lucky with with the Odegaard kind of pen last week. So, yeah, I'm 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 in an R ring. Um, if I get rid of Odegaard, it will most likely be for Raheem Sterling or James Madison. Um, now I I didn't watch the game, but obviously Madison finished the Tottenham game, played very well uh, against Man United, I should say, and then he had like a protective boot on, so everyone was kind of umming and ahhing, and I was like, oh, idiots, don't, he's, he might be injured, da, da, da. and then he absolutely smashed it against Bournemouth, and mm. um, I, I think that he is absolutely key to to what Tottenham will do this year and and you know they've got they've got a reasonable run as well they've got a couple of tricky fixtures coming up but the way he plays and you know his effectiveness from set pieces you know it doesn't matter that they've got Liverpool and Arsenal in the next kind of four because he he could assist anyone you know so um yeah it's it's probable that I will go for for one of those although yeah obviously it would be sensible uh to to perhaps save I, I do also like Mbemo. Um, they've they've got a really nice run. The, the difficulty is, Jim. I've uh, my midfield is, uh, uh, you know, as as all our midfields are, it's they're very important spots. And I've got Bruno, yep. Odegaard, Matoma, Rashford, and Saka. And it's it's difficult to kind of look too far beyond them. I mean, I suppose Matoma might be one to go because they've got Newcastle and Man United, but his ownership is forty three percent. So. It's a risk to to go against. Yeah, I, I really want Matoma. I I didn't put him in. Um, I re- when I watch him play, I like my, my jaw hits the floor. That goal he scored last game week, it was like his control of the ball and his um injection of pace. Yeah, and how how he finished it, it was like something from the Matrix. I was just like, wow, this guy is. Special. I think he's really, really special. I just well, I, I think he um, from the start. So you know, yeah, of course. I, I think he did um, uh, a university thesis on dribbling in football. That yeah, was his. Did, did, yeah. That was his. Which is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, he he's one. I'll be honest. I put him in mainly. Uh, I, I've always kind of liked him, but I part of the reason I put him in was because he was so highly owned and I thought, right, if he, if he bangs, then, you know, I've got to kind of be on, on that train. But yeah, Mbumo is, is definitely one for me to, to watch as well, I think. Um, so Look, yeah. Can I just interject just quickly looking oh. at your squad? I like your squad. I think you're right. Odegaard, Odegaard out. And in terms of the Madison Sterling debate, I think, Sterling's had an absolute blinder of a week and looks like Sterling of old, you know, Renaissance Sterling. But Madison, I think Spurs are building a team around Mm. James Madison. Agreed. Like you say, set pieces, people uh, and assists. Everyone's banging on about assists, but also, and they're saying, oh, maybe maybe he won't get any goals. Well, there's part of me which thinks he will get some goals. I know he scored last week. But I think you think about how many goals or goal involvements he had for Leicester. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the end, it was they were in a bit of a bad way. But honestly, when he's on form, this guy's prolific. So yeah, I, I'd seriously consider him. And if I <laughs> if I was given the choice between him or um, Raheem Sterling at at this moment, I'd definitely pick Madison. I have to yeah. say, just to That's... give you my ten points. No, no, I appreciate it. That's that's where I'm leaning, to be honest. Um, in, in terms of their kind of upcoming fixtures, uh, I mean, let's go kind of next four. 
it, it is interesting because Spurs have got Burnley and Sheffield United, then they've got Arsenal and Liverpool, then they've got a great run of Luton, Fulham, Palace, etc. But that is, yeah. uh, you know, that we're, we're then in the realms of game week eight, game week nine, and I suspect a lot of people will use their wild cards around then, so you can easily yeah, kind of get yeah. them in. Um, in the short term, Chelsea have got Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, Burnley. So it is yeah. it is tough, but... Yeah, I, d- I did see a very interesting tweet um, about James Madison and the impact that him and Ange have had on Tottenham. And yeah, the the irony of uh, Harry Kane leaving to get trophies. Well, Tottenham have possibly got their best chance of getting a trophy for a long time. <laughs> you reckon? I, I can't. Do you know what? I still can't see it happening. But if it did, yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to chuckle a little bit because, you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Kane doing very well, though. He scored two again last night in his home debut for um, for Bayern, which is which is good. Um, yeah, this is this is utterly irrelevant to FPL. But um, have you seen how well Jude Bellingham has started life? Yeah, at yeah. special in the goodness yeah. gracious. I, I was, I was hoping world football come to our league, but no, yeah. it doesn't like not yet. Anyway. No, yeah, I was I was hoping the same, but yeah, he is I think he's still nineteen, which is just insane oh, how mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah, so lovely stuff. Um cool. Alrighty. Well um let's have a wee look at the uh, FPL face off league. Um so yeah, as I say, nearly two hundred people in there, which is good. Don't forget to join uh, G7EA6J. Uh, in first place, smashing it is um, Hasim Muller, two hundred and twelve points. Um, just wondering if they've used any of their chips thus far. No, they haven't. Oh, that is. I've seen. I, I I did have a cheeky little look at the first place in the world um, after. I think it was like mid game week, uh, but they had used their bench boost game week one, uh, free hit game week two, and then wild card game week three. So, you know, all, all about the uh, short term in that instance, yeah, which yeah. is which is of course risky. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's looking good. As I say, that's that's a very high benchmark, two hundred twelve points thus far. Craig Williams is uh, in fifth in that league at the moment. Uh, you will hear from him and Glenn shortly, I'm sure. Uh, I am 53rd place, which is, you know, it's all right. It's, I thought it was in the, the first section, uh, but I'm not, unfortunately. Um, and I'm just trying, oh, there you are. You are 65th, so only narrowly behind me. Um, you okay. know, it, it's still very early doors. There's lots and lots of um, football still to be played. Uh, and all that jazz. Uh, what I will do is just have a look at our bottom place um, player who is currently on 77 points. Um, they got 45 this game week, which is uh, above average. Had a good one. There was, oh, they've got Darwin. Yeah. Um, my brother, oh, bless him. Massive Newcastle fan. Oh, and yeah. uh, not only did he have to watch Darwin score two against his team, uh, he also had to put up with the fact that he just sold Darwin uh, this game week. So oh. a proper sucker punch. Oh, dear. Yeah. That, that, I have to say, side note, was a great game. Um, I mean, I was jumping <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'd disagree uh, as a Newcastle yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. And, and Liverpool really uh, just took their opportunities. And also, you know, the big joke last year that Nunes just couldn't, couldn't finish um yeah way to turn that around within about you know 15 minutes didn't he so yeah incredible stuff i have to say 
So but, just um, just yeah. just before we um just before we wrap up then so uh, obviously the refereeing uh, instructions have have changed somewhat and there's uh, a lot of pressure on um or a lot of penalties going on for uh, time wasting. So what did you think then cuz Trent got a booking for time wasting which was I'd say kind yeah. of borderline but then yes. a few minutes later he absolutely smashed one of their players and it looked like he was going to get a, a second yellow. What, what were yeah. your thoughts on that as an unbiased I, Liverpool fan? <laughs> Is there such a thing? Well, I think I thought it was interesting. I thought maybe was a couple of things could have happened here. A referees are human. We know this and, and they just, they, they can't help but be affected by factors in the game. Where, but <laughs> one of which could have been, this is early in the game and I don't want to send someone off for two yellows the other thing was that maybe i don't know if the first yellow seemed a bit harsh to me mm. but i also it's kind of he's trying to keep the game under control i think mm. by basically bringing him in having a word and saying basically mate that's your last chance you've just used that up and that's all happened within two minutes which i for me is quite good reffing but I, if I was a new, if I was a Newcastle supporter, I would yeah. probably feel quite differently. Um, and then obviously everything went to pot anyway. A couple of minutes later, when Virgil Van Dijk uh, got himself sent off. So, but yeah, it, it's always it's always a bit of a movable feast, don't you think? The whole refing situation. I mean, I won't even go into VAR, um, um, and all of that. But really, yeah, yeah, interesting decisions being made. I'll say. What? What? How's that? What? Yeah, yeah, very, very um, neutral of you. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, you know, if if I if I was a Liverpool fan, I would I would uh, say exactly the same. I think one thing I will say, just to kind of round us off, um, Paddy Power, who are brilliant on kind of social media, uh, they put a post uh, just after, and I might have mentioned this on the pod already. Apologies if I did, but um, there was uh, a screenshot of Anana basically clattering into the Wolves player in the 93rd minute. And uh, it was Paddy Power with that screenshot. And it's kind of the VAR thing. And it said, um, we, we've just had a look. You can clearly see a Man United um, uh, emblem. So leave that one. Let's go. Move on. Uh, which is yeah. very, very yeah, yeah, yeah. They are good. Very, very clever. Very witty. Um, cool. Okie dokie. So um, we will be... We'll probably be back next week, I suspect, to round off uh, game week four. Uh, we then have um, a, a bit of a break because we've got the international fixtures. I couldn't even tell you who we're playing, actually. Um, it was just how much I, I care about that. Um, but okay. thank you ever so much for, for joining us for this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you to you, Mr. Jim Timms. And we will uh, we'll see you soon. All right. See you guys. Laters.